What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 18 of the Forgettables podcast. This is Ahmed Chima, and this is another solo episode that we're doing. Was not able to get my co-host Rafi on today. Our schedules did not line up. Uh, today, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, different ways you can monetize your podcast. And I, I want to make a disclaimer before I even start, and that is that I have not monetized any of my podcasts yet. However, I've been researching, looking into, uh, and kind of exploring different avenues, and that's why uh, I wanted to have this discussion. Um, so I'll just go one by one. The first thing that I've been trying right now is Amazon affiliate links. Uh, and so if you go to just Google search Amazon Associates, there's this program where if you drive, like if you recommend Amazon products on your website, your blog, your podcast, your YouTube video, and you leave a link in the description. So essentially, if you drive traffic to Amazon's website, they will give you a certain percent commission on select products. Uh, and so, for example, like a lot of books, I think is about 4%. Uh, there's a whole pricing uh, or commission sharing breakdown uh, that you can see if you actually sign up. Uh, they have a whole table of what category products are in and how much uh per, how much percent of that commission you get so that's the first thing and i think for people under for people with audiences that are under like a thousand i think this is probably the most accessible and the easiest one to set up uh, and the reason i say that is because you don't when you're under a thousand subscribers, like a thousand like downloads regularly, you want to make sure that your message is not getting convoluted with ads, right? You don't want to, you don't want it to be a bad experience for your listeners where they feel like, oh man, this guy's just, you know, for 10 minutes, he's just talking about ads and stuff like that. Uh, and, and if you're under a thousand, like even if you have ads, you're probably not going to be breaking the bank uh, with that kind of stuff just yet. So what I think is a natural progression is if you recommend something, just add an affiliate link, right? So for example, we talked about the book, Show Your Work. We talked about a couple other books, I think as well. Um, like for example, we talked to like the microphone that I'm using right now is a Blue Yeti. Now, if I want, if I talk about the microphone I'm using, I can put a link in the description and that's not something where the audience will feel like if I'm listening, I won't feel like this guy is trying to push something down my throat. Like it's not an ad. It's like, hey, this is what I'm using. I recommend this. If you're also into it, check it out. And if you're listening to me, chances are that you trust my choice, right? You trust uh, the things that I'm using because, you know, if you don't trust us, then why would you be here, right? So that's the first avenue that you can explore. And that's Amazon affiliate links. Um, I think that's a pretty natural way to kind of add a little bit of money. Now the downside, so the pro to that strategy is that the barrier to entry is really low. Like really all you need is you need a website and you know, Amazon, when you create an account, they'll ask for that website. As long as you have a website, you should be able to create an Amazon affiliate or an Amazon associate account. Now that being said, now the commissions are also very, you know, the percentages for the most part are under 5%. Um, and there's, I think beauty and health that gives you like a 10% return, but everything else is like very minimal, uh, 
money that you'd be making. So especially if you're recommending books that are like 20 bucks and you're getting like 4% of that, like you can imagine it's not going to really, especially if you have a, under a thousand downloads per episode, you're not going to be rolling in the dough with these. So uh, while the barrier to entry is also low, uh, the amount of revenue you'll be making is also probably going to be kind of low. The next thing that you can look into is, um, and I, I want to categorize all Google ads as one thing. So Google ads, um, if you have a blog or if you have YouTube videos, right? So YouTube videos, you have to first get to a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time before you can actually start, uh, monetizing your content with the ads that show up on YouTube. And once that happens, once you get to that thousand and four thousand uh, hours of watch time, they allow you to make money from the ads that are played on your videos. Now, again, this is one of those things where you're really not going to be making tons and tons of money, especially if you're at like, you know, thousand, you know, five thousand mark. But as you kind of grow, like let's say you start getting a million uh, views and people are watching your stuff, that can result in sizable income. Uh, and also what there's a couple different factors that go into your YouTube income. And that is essentially like what category that you're in. So for example, if you are a finance channel talking about finances, people are advertisers are willing to pay more money to get in front of those people that are watching those videos. So the ads that play on your videos will be giving you more revenue than if you're like a nonprofit organization doing work in the nonprofit space, like people might not be willing to spend as much on ads in front of people that are watching nonprofit stuff, right? So the returns you'll see on the same amount of views is gonna be different depending on what category you're in. Uh, so those are the, the first two YouTube ads. And so Google ads on your podcast kind of works similar uh, where if you have a blog, you can add little ads. Uh, you can also, there's other options besides Google uh, like there's a few different ones, but I'm just going to talk about Google because it's the biggest known, uh, in my opinion. And so essentially it's the same thing, except it'll be like a text ad where it'll link to something uh, that if the audience, if the person clicks on it, uh, you'll be get you'll be getting paid like, you know, a couple cents or whatever. So it's really like with podcasting or online, anytime you're trying to monetize an online uh, audience, I will say, the key factor that really differentiates how much you make is how much pull you have, right? So if you have a following that is pretty big and you can convert those followers into uh, paying customers, then companies and uh, advertisers will be willing to pay you to cash in on that. Now, that being said, like the, the reasonable conclusion you're probably thinking of is like, if I have that kind of pull. Why would I want to give that business of my customers to someone else? Why would I not want to just make something myself? That's a very good uh, way to look at it. But making something yourself also requires an insane amount of time, energy, effort, right? So if you can just be the curator uh, of what is good, it requires less time commitment, less money commitment and all that. Versus if you were to actually take time to create a product that lives up to your standards that you're curating for your audience, um, that would probably take away from the curation you're doing for your audience. 
So you got to be really careful and think about it. I know some creators have gone the route of um, creating merch, uh, creating t-shirts, wristbands, uh, stuff like that. Uh, right now we're seeing, uh, you know, the Mr. Beast burger actually going into food. Uh, David Dobrik's perfume, perfume. Uh, David Dobrik's got pizza. You know, we see creators with followings get, getting into all sorts of different things, trying out new things. So uh, I think monetizing different audiences is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how creators continue to do this. But uh, back to our subject is us, like how are we doing it? So for the projects that I'm working on right now, all I'm really doing is the Amazon affiliate links. I am, my goal is that I'm trying to get our branding deep dive YouTube page to that uh, thousand, uh, to the place where um, YouTube can monetize it. Now, the thing is, it just takes a certain amount of energy you got to keep putting in uh, and keep trying to hit the algorithm, keep trying to, you know, gain attention. And that's when you start getting traction a little bit. And we just haven't had the time to put into that. So I'm hoping by the end of the year, we can at least make some progress on that front and uh, gain some subscribers there so that we can start monetizing that. Now, the cool thing about all these uh, that we've talked about so far is that you don't really have to do work on the, like, you don't have to do any extra work outside of what you're already doing, right? So I'm already creating this podcast. I'm, I was going to talk about a book anyway. So if I include a link to that book, it's not changing the content that I'm producing, right? Now, uh, there is another form of uh, monetization where you do branded content, right? Or sponsored content where you work with a brand and you literally do a video for them featuring their product or somehow integrating their product into whatever you're doing. And that is kind of the third category that we'll talk about today. So the first one, again, is Amazon affiliate links uh, or any affiliate links of any kind. I personally use Captivate affiliate links as well. Haven't had any conversions yet, but I'm hoping uh, some of you guys that are listening that are into podcasts will eventually um, click that and use Captivate versus, well, actually, if you guys are serious about podcasting, then you'll click Captivate. Otherwise, I think Anchor is still the best free option out there. Um, but if you are kind of starting multiple podcasts, I do think Captivate is the best one. So sorry to plug that real quick, but affiliate links that I use is Amazon affiliate links. And for my podcast hosting, Captivate, that's what I use uh, affiliate links for. And that's because these are products that I use anyway, and I was going to talk about anyway. And if because I talked about it or because I wrote something about it, someone was convinced to use that product or go buy something, I, I do think it's a fair ask to actually get a share of that, right? So um, that's the first one. The second one is ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, or any other kind of ads that you might get that essentially stop in the middle of your content, you know, the advertiser gets their pitch and then they go back to your content or it might be before your content or after regardless the, the type of the type of advertising is the same now the third one we're talking about is branded content uh, branded content so far from what I've seen is the like you can get the most return you can make the most money in this option right because you're literally working with a brand to craft that story craft that ad 
and it'll be completely unique to your audience. So uh, this is really cool. You see a lot of creators like, uh, for example, off the top of my head, I follow Colin and Samir. And so these guys are partners with Samsung. And so a lot of branded content they do is with Samsung. And it's really cool. They, they show how they're using their phone and how they're taking videos on their new Samsung products. And they do special videos just for that kind of stuff. And so what's cool about this is you're building a relationship and you're actually, these relationships, you're not as worried about, oh, like, am I going to get enough views to pay the bills this week? Right? So if you're serious about this, you're going full-time branded content will pay you enough to actually like, okay, you know, we're going to get you X amount for this video. Now, what I will say is like to get to branded content, you actually have to have a following of a, a decent amount and you have to be able to, I think the key characteristic here is that you as a creator need to be able to tell the people to tell the brands about your audience and be very specific with who your audience is so that the brands know when they come and work with you, who they're able to tap into. Like I'm getting people that are this age uh, that are interested in X, Y, Z, and they really love this, right? And so if I'm an advertiser that is in that space, I'm gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be a dream partnership for me, right? So understanding who your target audience is and what their interests are, uh, and what they do for fun, all that stuff is going to be really important if you're trying to work in the branded content space and trying to create relationships like that. Because advertisers want to know, advertisers at the end of the day, they want conversions, they want sales. And if you are very specific with this is who we, we are targeting, this is who our listeners are, our viewers are, uh, then that'll make the decision easy for them. If you're, if you're one of those channels where like, we do a little bit of everything, uh, then chances are that those people aren't going to convert as much, right? So be very specific with who it is you're targeting uh, and kind of go from there. I know this episode has been a little bit uh, different from the usual, just me talking about monetization. Uh, my philosophy of monetization, like I, I think I, I'm a little bit conflicted right here. I, I think if you monetize too early, you risk the audience not, uh, you risk kind of, the, your audience might think you're just in it for the money, right? And so if they sense that, they feel that this guy's only making stuff because he's trying to make money off of us, uh, your stuff is not gonna pick up, right? But if you kind of focus on providing value and really, really getting a good product in the beginning, the early stages, uh, I think monetization, you can get into pretty easily after that, right? I'm a big fan of build it and they will come. Now I know nowadays it's not enough to just build it and they will come because there's so much noise out there. You actually have to put in some effort. You got to start pushing your stuff. And this is something I didn't realize actually until I saw like kind of behind the scenes on what some of these YouTubers are doing things. Like they're actually reaching out to blogs and telling them, hey, I just made a video about this. Think your audience would really like this. You know what I mean? Like they're putting in work to actually make sure things are getting seen. They're putting in work to make sure their podcasts are getting listened to after they actually do that stuff. For me as a creator, as someone that's like introverted, that doesn't like 
doing the outreach kind of thing, I, it's counterintuitive for me. Like, I'm not going to force someone to go listen to my stuff. But at the same time, there, you know, you're not going to reach as many people as you have the ability to reach if you don't put in that work after the fact as well. So that's something to think about. Um, I know kind of all over the place today, uh, but really for me, where my head's at, I just want to share with you guys behind the scenes a little bit. I, I don't think I'm going to monetize hardcore, even start looking for sponsored ads until we get to that thousand downloads uh, consistently. And that way I have kind of a leg to stand on. You know what I mean? Like I just feel personally that uh, if it's under a thousand like, what are you even selling to the advertisers or the people, the brands you want to work with? They're going to be like, dude, you're just like a nobody, right? But at the same time, if you can show that, hey, there's a thousand people that tune into this, right? And this is where they're at. This is what they like. This is uh, a community that we've built together, right? So that'll, that is something that's a much easier sell than, hey, I have this podcast. I have this blog. It's not really getting a lot of views right now, uh, but, you know, yeah, those are my two cents, not really formulated, uh, not really articulated clearly or concisely, but I hope this provides some more insight onto the different routes you can take in monetizing. So let me know what you guys think. Um, again, you guys can always email me at ahmed at 2325.com. Uh, I'm inter interested to see your takes on this in particular, like when is a good time to monetize? Like is monetization selling out? Because at the same time, some people have the opinion that like, if you're creating, you shouldn't be worried about monetization at all. But at the same time, it's like, like if you're spending time and effort into something, like it's, it's tough to say, you're not gonna see any return at all. You know what I mean? Like just based on the way things in the world work, when we put our time and energy into anything, we usually see some kind of return. And it's, it can be tough mentally, it requires a lot of fortitude to actually tell, tell yourself that, hey, I'm not going to see any returns on this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? So again, sorry, I, I rambled on a lot, talked a lot. I hope this uh, provides a little bit more insight on the different streams of monetization. There's a lot more, right? These are not the only options for monetizing your content, monetizing, monetizing your content. There's other things you can do. And there's a, a lot of other streams of income that you can start to create uh, if you do build a uh, following, right? But these are just a couple that I was thinking about, some thoughts that were in my head uh, that I just wanted to get out and share with you all. Uh, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a nice day. We will see you next time.